I just wanna put it all on the table. Maybe we can talk about something for a second. Like, we were better off, bro. Money made things different. I can't pay attention. And I get on your nerves. This should be more simple. But ain't shit ever simple. Love talk by shadows. Language from the light box. This shit's like the poltergeist. Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King Podcast, and this is your boy Rodney Perry, King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans, simply being humans. Today is a special one, yet again, as they always are. And I have a very, uh, y'all, y'all know I love my school, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, <laughs> if, if y'all ever get tired of hearing me bring an alum, that you need to oh, just no, not be tired. Not you, you, you didn't graduate from there? No, I didn't. Actually, you're going to find out my story. I didn't actually graduate from college. Well, okay, well, look, yeah, we my, connection, my connection, All right, I say, to this I woman, <laughs> my connection to this woman yeah. is through the school that I graduated and love. And if you yeah. are tired of me referencing individuals who have met through this, uh, through this <laughs> place, then you got, you're just going to have to be tired. Take a nap. Come back. It's going to be the same. Thank you. <laughs> but I introduce to you a creative, a very, very interesting, eccentric woman, but one that I'm glad that, you know, we both got drawn to, you know, make this conversation happen. She, um, I've seen you do a lot of things. You seem like, you know, you're striving polymath of sorts where you got a lot of things you're into. I don't like to call okay. people, you know, you're a, a slash, this slash that I think it's, you know, you're a polymath. Right. There's so many things that you can do well. A renaissance, into, woman. A renaissance woman. That's even better. Renaissance woman. <laughs> but <Okay>. welcome, welcome <laughs> everyone who's listening to, I want you to say your name. I want you to All say right. your name. My name is Aisha Duala Owo. Um, you may have known me as She Knew Me Doom, but some know me as She Knew Nothing. Mm. Skin deep. Yeah. <laughs> Aisha, I'll tell you. For one, let's first start with she knew nothing. Now I will tell yeah. you that I was like, I feel like I've heard this like as a quote, like within a quote or something, right? <laughs> I took a women's yeah. studies class one semester, and it was definitely life changing. And so I'm like, mm. I wonder if I remember it from this. Or maybe right, it's just right, I heard right. it in passing. I Googled right, things right. just to see if I could figure it out. Found yeah. something interesting. Um, yeah. I, I don't believe this is, of course, where it came from, but I want to just share it with you. Um, mm-hmm. Oscar Wilde said this. He mm-hmm. and it's from a, it's a quote from his uh, from the book Dorian Gray, very mm-hmm. classical piece of literature, and it says she knew nothing, but she had everything he had lost. I just thought that was wow. so damn deep, you know what I'm saying? But I, I would love to know what what, what made you, I guess, uh, call yourself that or call your brand that or just associate yourself with that phrase. Um, well, it, it started off as skin deep, S-K-N deep. And um, S-K-N meaning for me, she knew nothing. Um, I wanted an opportunity to unveil my black girl magic. 
Mm. Um, I think there was a lot of things, especially, you know, with the whole women's empowerment that black women were still left out of that storytelling. And um, I find that I was drawn to a lot of memoirs and I couldn't find a lot of black women's memoirs. You know, of course we have Ozzy Lord, of course we have like, you know, Maya Angelou and whatnot, but I couldn't find a lot of women my age who were recording their memoirs and felt their stories were important enough to tell or showcase. So I found myself um, wanting to, you know, unveil my own personal black girl magic. Um, I am prone to become the strong friend and um, I wanted to kind of dismantle that idea of my strength with my um, with my visibility, and my visibility has a lot of you know trauma, but also a lot of strength. But the strength also comes from my vulnerability and transparency, and that's kind of what I wanted to articulate, and that's kind of what I, what I wanted to share and make sure was available to not only people like me, but people who needed to understand different aspects of you know a woman's experience. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what a eloquent, what an eloquent way to capture your life, though. You know, to like, oh, and and I think you know one thing I've said on the show as well as just to a lot of my friends is you know, you know, make those moves and keep up with certain things because you know when you reflect back on you know where you were and when you were having these thoughts, mm-hmm. um, and you you know and you have grown, you've done the work to grow. You're going to right. truly appreciate that, you know, that person that you were. Even if you don't, you maybe didn't like that moment. It's kind of like, damn, like, yeah, to see I was that growth. Yeah, to see that growth because yeah. you got to have that, that, that yeah. low point or that point that was very different right, to see right, yourself right. as something, you know, something yeah. new. What, no, so it's you're, powerful to see yourself do that. It, it is. It is. So you're, so you're originally, are you originally from um, Georgia? No, okay, so, um, Bang. So, I um, was born in Nigeria, Oshobo, Oshun State, shout out. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, I'm a first generation Nigerian, so, um, born in Nigeria, but I was raised originally in Far Rockaway, Queens. Mm. Um, yeah, and then um, my family moved to College Park, Georgia, Old Nat, <laughs> and then um, went from Old Nat to Fayetteville, Georgia. Fayette County, um, Tyrone, Georgia specifically. So Man. kind of like East Coast meets Georgia Southern type situation, but yeah. Damn. So I've got a combination of <laughs> of different types of lifestyles for sure. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I, mean, yeah. I think that is hell of an experience, hell of a perspective to, you know, kind of grasp as well. Kind of got that, you know, very, you know, interesting east coast blackness you know that you have some yeah. connection to but this southern blackness and you know georgia being a very What's special different experience yeah you know yeah, i mean you got diversity yeah in queens and then you got southern like yeah we were like especially when i moved there i was in high school during Genesis. six so it was a lot of it was a lot of transitions and then Going from Queens, I'm surrounded by, you know, Caribbeans and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. So people don't just, you know, they, when I moved to the South, it was really just black, white, and Mexican, you know, when I yeah. got to the South. Yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was a little touchy. Diver- <laughs> diversity definitely um, changes. 
I, I remember telling I remember telling someone I was in uh, Texas for a few weeks, and uh, a coworker of mine was saying how she she hasn't met any Italians while she was in Texas. We were in Dallas, mm. Texas, and I was like, "You, but they're probably here, but you ain't gonna meet one." And she was right, like, "What do you mean?" Right. She was like, "Cause in the South, it's like everybody just white, and that's what they claim. Right. That's what they accept. And even mm-hmm. if they if their last name is motherfucking Batali, they're still <laughs> they're still gonna have on their John Deere and their camouflage, mm-hmm. yep. and yep. listen to Brad Paisley and Luke Bryan or whoever else. Yeah, um, yeah. This is what it's gonna be, and it's right. They might make spaghetti right. at the house, but when they come out, they Jim Bob. And not right, you know, right. Antonio. Antonio, right, <laughs> right, so, right, um, exactly. But I, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing, um, because I feel like you know we need people who are you know, I wouldn't say constantly, but kind of doing the steady work on themselves and the steady you know okay. being the example of kind of you know, being individuals that are looking inward to create mm-hmm. you know works works of art and just create outwardly. Um, but okay. it's it's dope that you're doing those two things all at once. It's like you're giving people great words, wisdom, and just perspective, but also in the same midst of it all, you kind of you know doing the same kind of reflective self therapy as well. Right, I appreciate that. I appreciate oh yeah, that. We, need, we need it. We need we need yeah. people like you. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you spoke you spoke about you know the role that you feel like you play with your friends being kind of like the strong one, right? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. said that, you know, that that spawns from several things. I believe you said, you know, your vulnerability and certain yeah. experiences. I, w- I would love, to, you know, if you elaborate on that a little bit more. Like, so you, do, is that a, is that a role that you have, like, just willingly accepted? That this is what you, this is what, come, what you come um, with as, you know, as a companion, as a friend. That you're yeah. usually always playing that role of being the one who... I think I had to stop that. Um, Mm. um, I had to, because my thing is we we fall, we allow ourselves to sometimes fall victim to always being the hero when no one's asking us to save anything. Um, But I think it's kind of stamped in most black women to be that strong woman for whomever. And um, kind of now as I'm learning about humility, it's that one thing I'm learning is that it's not necessary to be stronger than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not It's not necessary. Sometimes you will need to kind of chill out and allow things to kind of take its place and not feel like you have to fix it up constantly. Um, and, you know, I find that a group of my friends, we are very strong women, right? Very, very smart, very driven, very ambitious women. But at the same time, we are very soft inside internally and, um, you know, kind of finding that beautiful middle ground. Um, it's tough, you know, and to kind of just allow that space to, I don't even know, like to foster itself when you think about, strong women, I think about my mom, you know, I think about, you know, real strength, real, real, real strength, coming to a whole brand new country that you've never even experienced with an 18-month-year-old, you know, and I think about that journey, I think of that strength, so for me, you know, my strength is definitely, I got a lot more to do to embody that, but at the same time, I also realized that I've, I've gotten to see her kind of 
crying on my dad's shoulder, you know, and still find strength in her crying, you know, still find strength in her feeling comfortable enough to share that vulnerability with someone and not only by herself. And um, for me, that's actual real strength too, is to not care about what you look like externally and know what's needed internally. And sometimes that's, that requires tears. It requires um, acceptance. It requires a level of, um, like I said, transparency and vulnerability. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, being that strong woman in my life or being that for other people definitely rubbed off on me, but at the same time, it burdened me a lot because um, self-doubt is a real situation. You know, you, you, can, you can find yourself in places where you, you doubt your abilities or you doubt what was uh, given to you um, by force, you know, because no one asked to be born. So there's things that was passed on, you know, that you want to learn how to utilize, exactly. but don't know how to, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where now I'm learning that it's important to share my stories with other women opposed to holding it in, you know, and kind of like keeping it like, oh, I don't, I don't need nobody to know that I'm down. I don't need nobody to know that, you know, I'm feeling sad or sometimes I don't want to move <laughs> or I, I could be a hermit at times and you feel guilty. It's riddled with shame or guilt if you feel like you can't hit that mark every single time as a black woman. So, um, so yeah, it's, I mean, for I think for honestly for black people in general, like yeah, hitting yeah, that mark, that imaginary mark. <laughs> I, I do, I do, I do agree with you on everything you said and I think you... You spoke, you spoke into me for sure when you say, you know, what you really, this may be the role that you've played so often, but you do have to kind of, you know, fight against that thing. Um, in an episode that I did with Taylor Crenshaw uh, mm. called Rules I Create, what you, I was speaking about inhibitions. And one big thing was, you know, kind of, you know, speaking on how I felt for a long time I was playing this very complimentary role, you know, like... I'm the one who's composed and can, you know, do these different things and just really just execute and get this thing mm -hmm. done, plan and execute. So I'm the perfect mm -hmm. friend to kind of bring along to really get mm -hmm. something done. And right. but uh, in so many cases, you know, I might be the one who's exerting a lot of energy to get this thing done. And and mm -hmm. uh, and that is just, it, it was it was a weird place to be in because I never did anything for myself. Because I'm putting so much of my time, so much of me into this, and I'm seeing this as something I want. When I I want it for you, but this isn't. I'm never really doing anything for myself. And right, I think once right. I got past that point is when I, and all in the same time, realized, damn, I am a writer. Damn, I am a creative. Because I even in the midst of being so supportive, I took that role because I'm thinking that oh, creators are just drawn to me. And I just, and I'm, I guess I'm just, you know, since all of my friends or whatever, whatever, I just, you know, do whatever I can. Like you had nothing to do with that. Like, like I had nothing to do with it. Like I wasn't a damn creative myself. I myself, genuinely thought right. that the reason why pe these people are drawn to me is because it was just some magical coolness about myself. When yeah. actuality, it's like I'm, I'm the same as you. It's just in, you a, know, in a, in a different wonder, way. Do you ever suffer from imposter syndrome? Um. Like, um I, I don't think I don't think personally I do. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me it was more so a uh, 
I think I think uh, what I did, what I didn't fathom is I put limits on the, what I mm-hmm. believed an artist, what a creative was. You see what I'm saying? Wow. I felt that you know to be an artist, to be a creative, you have to wake up every day and think about this thing, and this thing becomes so <laughs> natural to you, and you're so like proficient in this specific skill, right, and you can right, just right. you can call on it, you can call to it. It is what it is. And for me, mm-hmm. I was always a jack of all trades. I was always yeah. this guy who kind of, you know, dabbled in so many different things. And I think that's what right. allowed me to be in certain spaces and, and you know, interested to certain things. But right. because I, it was nothing that I woke up thinking about and having to do. Mm-hmm. But I did these things pretty consistently. I didn't mm-hmm. see myself as that. It's like, you know, I just dabble or whatever. I just do a little bit of this and nah, that. Third. But when, yeah. when it came down to that, you know, that, that revelation, that kind of, you know, wake up moment and for me to truly look at myself for that part of me that I've been ignoring for a long time I had to sit there and look at the facts just look at the empirical evidence in front of me I got notebooks and shit filled with just words that I made up you know I got so how can I not call myself a writer if I've made made up stories wrote poems wrote love letters wrote just stanzas and and things and and prose about just random things that have came to my mind because that's just what I want to do and I think the art the type of art that I create I didn't I didn't see it as that being I guess worth being called art but I'm a person who used my mouth to orate these different you know messages to say these different things and I think, mm-hmm. and I didn't see that as a valuable skill until I re- recognized that I was meeting all these individuals mm-hmm. who couldn't do what I do, who couldn't mm-hmm. just stand up and just speak about themselves. Not right, even, right. not even give a TED talk. You just got to stand on stage and talk about you, because mm-hmm. that's what everybody wants these artists to do. And right, I, I, right. that's what I told every artist that I met while I was in Atlanta. I was like, you know, your page is cool, but you, you don't got shit about you. Well. People want to know who you are. They want to see more about you. What makes this artistic person, what makes them tick? What makes them keep going? Why did they create this thing? Or what's their inspiration? What's their story? What's What's their story? story? But I I digress. I I, I, I believe that, you know, a big part about, you know, in today's world, us being, you know, young, young people who are trying to adult and, Make make it happen. I think, you know, one thing that we kind of get a step away from is kind of the accountability of where we currently are. And I, right. I know so I talk to people so often about where they are and they speak on, you know, well, like I feel like I should be somewhere else by now. Like I feel like I should have made it by now. I should have broke. Mm. My music should have popped off. My work should have been noticed. I should have right, been published right. by now. I should have had I should be on my third book. I should be, <laughs> right, you know. Right. The shit. I should be right, the shit. Right. And Ooh. I would love to know your perspective on just that accountability because I'm a firm believer of when I sit back and I reflect, oh I know exactly yeah. why I'm why I'm why why I'm here. And it, right. and I can point out these are the reasons why I'm sitting here where I'm at in and, this position, right. In this position. And mm-hmm. but also see that this position is better than the one I was last year. Before, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that's where you kind of got to get to when you really start to hold yourself accountable because you yeah. devalue the cert, the the present point that you're at. You know, oh, yeah. and I would love to know, like, 
have you have you noticed that and how have you kind of like dealt with that, you know, that in your own life um well you know it's crazy like um self-accountability didn't always come so easy to me <laughs> at all um but having nigerian parents kind of helped <laughs> for sure to kind of make sure that you because what you do is a reflection of so many other things. So you had to be accountable for your actions. Um, and that's kind of what I ran away from for a long time. It was so easy to blame other people or, you know, to say that it was their hand in this. But to, you know, be accountable for your actions was very major to my own, like, development. Mm -hmm. And I also realized that um, even for me personally, I realized that I had this um, just this realization that gratitude saved my life. Mm. When I was able to acknowledge certain things that were happening in the present, because um, I, you know, I've been in depressive states, and like I said, it's so easy to blame others for your depressive state, right? I mean, and there's so many other factors to why you could be depressed. But one thing that I had to, you know, start to help with my own mental healing was being accountable. And accountability started with my own level of gratitude. Was I even grateful? You know, I found myself crying in my bed, realizing that there's people with no bed. No. <laughs> there's, 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 you know, they have no room to, they have no place or privacy, you know, to, to even cry alone. And, um... When I kind of when that hit me, I just kind of realized that okay, I am accountable for my joy. I found myself looking for joy in my partners that I was dating. Mm -hmm. I was just like, you know, if you don't make me happy, you're not the one for me. Of course. And passing off that accountability, passing off that responsibility to someone else made me powerless. And and not only did it make me powerless, it it was me giving away my power. Um, by putting the responsibility on someone else. Um, and so to reclaim that, to reclaim my own power, I had to be accountable. And um, that accountability um, is still a growing process for sure. Of but course. acknowledgement, is that acknowledgement helps acknowledging stuff that's presently happening to you. There's so many things that has happened to you, it's ridiculous, you know, to always keep an account for. But sometimes we use the time that we have, that 24 hours that we have, to keep ourselves focused on this very moment, to build those founding, you know, foundations for um, for our future. It's determined by what we do right now, presently. Mm. And so, with that, I had to kind of, once again, take accountability, and that can be sometimes challenging because it requires you to be a little bit more um, aware. And oftentimes we love to be in denial. <laughs> we love to be in a situation where it's oblivious and we, we, we don't want to always see. Um, but there's a reason why Jesus made people give vision to people. Um, and it's a reason why it's a hindrance when you don't have vision. True. Um, it's, and so for me, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that I was, um, I, I was at least accountable for my own actions, and also keep around people who 
because they are accountable for your own actions, they don't allow you to just slide by. Yeah. You know? And I think that's a beautiful thing to be the example of, especially amongst your friends and especially when you have surrounded yourself with people mm -hmm. who are trying to do things, trying to do something with themselves, which everyone should try to, you know, strive to be the best people they should be. Right. And I think you said something mm -hmm. that's very vital when it comes to just accountability, you know, that you have to have awareness before you can truly, you know, start to kind of, you know, factor that into, you know, being accountable for where you are. You have to right. be able to see yourself and understand this is what you, this is what you come with. This is all that right. you bring. This is all that you are. And mm -hmm. I think authenticity. And authenticity. And I think I've, you know, I've done events, I've done, you know, talks, forums with people. And one key thing that I feel like, you know, I definitely reiterated more than once within a lot of these talks was about awareness. I talked about how at a very young age I was, you know, left in solitude a lot. Mom's, you know, single single mother and mm -hmm. so she, you know, she worked. She worked long hours, so, you know, I was coming home from school, you know, and, she, you know, mom's gone, and she ain't, she ain't going to be back until the morning, you know? Right, um, right, right. And, you know, it's, and that carries on throughout the year, so in the summertime, you know, that means I got a lot of time to be alone, and on top of that, we stayed out in the mm -hmm. boonies, you know what I'm saying? So we was pretty, like, far away from anything. It was hard to even get friends out to my house, because it was like nobody wanted to drive all the way out there. So it was, a, it was a lot of time spent in solitude. And I think because of that, that helped me kind of pay attention to myself in a way that because I had really no, nothing else to do. So I tell, I tell people all the time that, you know, I found myself at this early age. And you may see that as something that was, you know, a beautiful thing. Great. You know, cool, good for you or whatever. But um, it was a it was it was just very interesting trial because it's kind of like. It took this, uh, I feel like it made me grow up a little bit, you know, faster than I really wanted to and see the world in a, in a way that I, you know, possibly really wasn't ready for because I felt like because I started to see myself, I feel like I started to take so many things a lot more seriously when it's like, I'm, I'm a teenager. I need to just, I need to just you know, live life. And yeah, do I need to live life. Right. You know, and I, but I think uh, it made me that way. And I think that's why when I got to, you know, got to, you know, college age and went to school in Atlanta, it was kind of like whoever this dude is, everything he he set yeah. up, you know, and that was the vibe I got from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Because that was the truth. It was kind of like, look, I, I've kind of been knowing who I was for a long time. Oh, wow. and, and it's kind of hard to shake that identity. So what, into something else. <laughs> and, and people, it, it really wasn't happening. And people were trying yeah. to but it was kind of like a real interesting thing to see people trying to keep up. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, so you, oh, you, you kind of dress the way you dress because you go to CAU and you know that's how the men dress up here. I was like, actually, this is this was me back home <laughs> in Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? Right, I brought right, all this right. shit with me. I ain't buying right, what I got right. here. You feel me? Right, right. Um, right and right. I, I mean that about everything. Like everything that I brought to this place was mm -hmm. in, you know, was right in my bags, right in the car with my mom. You know what I'm saying? And I and I tell people that, and I've seen, I've literally had conversations with people about this very thing, and people have gotten upset with me because I talk about that, and I talk about how proud I was, and how you know it's it's interesting, and I've like people have gotten upset with me as if I'm bragging, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I put.
pull those people to the side and let them know, like, look, I'm not going to apologize or anything, but I'm going to let you know that th- I'm saying all this because this is this is something that you need to hear, obviously, because it, it made you feel some type of way. Right, right. And I'm not saying this as if this is some feat that's impossible. I'm saying right. this because I'm letting you know it is possible. So if you right. feel like you're mm-hmm. not there, don't. It could be don't a pain. Fret. You know? Yeah. And that's yeah. all it is. Yeah. And I, I would I would love to know, like, I guess, at what point or how did you figure out, and I guess how do you, how did you figure out to how to become aware of yourself or what mm-hmm. was there, you know, was it just a kind of, you know, a thing that you did alone was contribution mm-hmm. of your parents? What was that way that you finally seen yourself in a way, you know, to be able to do anything else? Um, when I found out that I was missing myself, um, I found that I was lost. I didn't, I, I, like, I am the spectrum, in the spectrum where you may have known you you had more time to develop yourself. I didn't. Um, I was pushed into different roles. Mm-hmm. And the roles that I was pushing didn't always require me to be myself. Mm. In fact, it required me to be someone else. Damn. And um, being propelled into those directions, I had to make a choice, especially when I started to resent whatever I was, because I felt like I didn't have the power to say no to what I, to those requirements. And um, so I made a decision, you know, um, I made a decision, maybe like, a, I want to say, honestly, honestly, within the past year. Mm. Um, I, I, yeah, and it's not. Look, I'm 25, so it's not like some. This is fairly new. <laughs> no, we all but, growing now. Yeah, but me speaking and being in that, um, in that, you know, realm of transparency, I just had to get out of a point where I didn't want to be anyone but myself. But in order for me to do so, I had to find out who I was, and what I was capable of, and what I was willing to do to become that authentically filled and jam-packed no no filter i had to figure that out and when i did or when i started to at least it was not easy i had to i had to uh i had to let some people go i had to let some ideologies go i had to let go um of even my security blanket you know i had to let go of that to allow myself to, you know, fly. If you say you got wings and you always relying on the net, do you really, do you, you really, really know wings. what it's like to fly? Do you mm-hmm. really know what it's like to freely roam? And, um, you know, I didn't know that, but I had that that yearning to do so. And so um, I had to strip a lot of stuff away from me. Um, yeah, and one thing that was big was my education. You know, coming from, like I said, the Nigerian background. You not being a doctor, lawyer, engineer is a big thing. Um, <laughs> it is a massive thing. Um, and to go into a creative um, outlet is very hard to to do. But I've been grateful because I do have parents who were stern, but they still allowed me that freedom to discover. And um, because I had that freedom to discover, I realized there were things that I just could not bang with. I couldn't bang with it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do. And I found myself doing it constantly. 
was just like, wait a minute. You're not about to play me, universe. This is not who I am. This mm-hmm. is not what I want. And when I acknowledged that this is not what I wanted, I had to make changes. And the changes that I made seemed drastic to a lot of the people that was close to me. But um, it was necessary for me. And I realized the people who were supposed to be with me for a longer term understood, or at least tried to understand. But whether they understood or not, I still had to keep going. I still had to make that conscious decision that this is what I want. And this is what I'm willing to do for it. And this is also what I'm willing to lose for it. And, you know, sometimes it's difficult. It's difficult to fight for who you are because no one's going to fight harder than you will. Mm. And when you find yourself being weak, you, you question, you know, the authority that should be over you. You question if you are rightfully maneuvering. You question if you are if you are if you're doing the right thing. Um, I don't know. One of my I watch a lot of YouTube um, web series, and one of the big my favorite web series right now is Giant by oh, James Bland. You feel me? Did you watch the last episode? I did. I, I did. Okay, so <laughs> just that idea of pursuing something and going and giving your 100 and to see it fail, that's when people start to stop, you know? But there was one thing that I knew, whether I was being someone else or not, was that I am relentless. Mm. <laughs> I am relentless. Um, I am persistent. <laughs> I can do things out of habit, habit habitually then pathological even I am resilient okay you feel me all right there is a um there is a there's something in me that um that just keeps doing it even on the better in the worst of terms because I could mess up often okay with a good f and a t often I could I can mess up a lot but I can also win and I succeed. And when I succeed, it is a streak of success. And I had to make a decision. Do I want to succeed with my face or do I want to succeed with someone else's? And um, that was a, it was a tough one. <laughs> it was oh, really? oddly for some people it's like, oh yeah, easily I would pick my face. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it is easier to be someone else than it is to be yourself. Always, always. Yeah. And I yeah, think sure. I think the days that we're living in is playing towards that more than anything. Mm-hmm. Playing towards yeah. giving you an alternative self. You know, mm-hmm. you now can present yourself online in one mm-hmm. way, live your life in another. You in can a whole different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can set up the way that you communicate with people where they believe this thing about you. We, we, right. we look, there literally is a show called Catfish. Where you can really <laughs> assume the position of a whole nother person. Of a whole new being. Of and a whole look, nother being that it, has it nothing very, to do with look, you. I love Black Mirror because it's kind of touching on certain subjects like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Look, okay, well, we can talk all day about them dogs. Oh, like, oh no. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> I, I literally have like a lost episode about Black Mirror that I'm like so sick about. But. Look. 
because it was it was a great it was just great. But no, yeah. I think you know all of what you're saying is you know I don't even think I have to even draw out that that the, a lot of those points that you were making. But this growth that you're speaking of, you know, mm-hmm. it, I think when when I always talk to people about just awareness and things like that. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to people about when they are down and out, or when they feel like they, you know, are still trying to figure this out, they're in a weird place or they're lost. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about what they feel that they may lack, or they, what they feel that they may not have to do a certain mm-hmm. thing, and mm-hmm. they speak of it in such, you know, disgust and distaste. And right. one thing that I've said, and me and Juwan have had so many conversations about, and uh, have shared this out loud as well to a lot of our peers, and that's. Um, when you look at yourself mm-hmm. and you now have to, you know, go down this kind of, you know, list of things that you know that you are and you know that you mm-hmm. possess, you have mm-hmm. to, what I think we naturally do is we'll sit here and look at the things that, let's say, may be indifferent or positive and we'll immediately be like, well, I love all these things. Mm-hmm. And then that negative or that thing that we know is wrong or that those habits that we are, know are terrible will kind of glaze over. We'll kind of oh, just yeah. sweep them under, you know, <laughs> when you have to now see the, the ugly, you know, you got to take yourself for the good, oh, bad yeah. and the ugly, the, the things that's hard yeah. to look at and yeah. decide, make that decision to now that you see this thing, you mm-hmm. have to now know that this thing's a part of you. Right. You can't remove this thing, but what you can do is, you know, that's kind it. of change that energy of what that what that means to you. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to see this in yourself and always be upset, always be mad, allow for this thing to always have power over you, this insecurity, right. this certain perception. And it may not even be one that you created. It may be one that you're taking on from someone else. From so, someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that that part of growth is always, you know, kind of, you know, mis, uh, misguided. Because it's kind of like, well, let me just keep adding on to what I know I already possess. I'm already a kind of okay singer. Let me go get some singing lessons. Right, but, right. But you're right, a terrible right. organizer, though. You're a terrible right. this. You're a terrible <laughs> that. You got a badass attitude. And right, you, and right, you right. really And you don't want to look at those things. Right. Because right, those right. are the things that people are always coming at you about. Things that, are, yeah. that you're so sensitive about. But you need right. to see those things, understand that's a part of you. And then mm-hmm. you think you know how to handle it. Because now that you know it's there. Your blind spot. And now that you know it's there, you're going to clean it up or not. You know what right. I'm saying? You just spilled right. some shit right. in that you didn't know you spilled and you left it there. It's creating a stain. Your floor is getting dirty and bugs are collecting. Are you going to keep <laughs> this thing there or are you going to clean that mm-hmm. shit up? Because that's exactly right. what's happening. You're leaving this stain, leaving a, a piece, a spot of your house dirty mm-hmm. and you just cool with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But what happens to this one little spot? It now it's creates that blind spot. It, it creates, creates something. It, it creates something. It creates something that's terrible because it's gonna grow right. and, and bleed into everything. You know what I'm saying? Right, so create right. mold and and just right. dirt and just go create creatures that you don't want in your space. <laughs> Grime. Grime no. that Grime. infects the rest of your house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you better. No, that's, that's weird. It's, I think that's the. I think that was the biggest part. I think my last relationship taught me I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Mm, damn. Hello. Yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> women, women also can be accountable. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. And no, I've had several conversations that. about that. With, mm-hmm. I, I, 
I, I think, you know, especially now, I love having these type of conversations now because I do believe that, you know, times, the times and the seasons have a lot to do with our moods, you know, and mm-hmm. I think people become very content and very stagnant in the winter time. We kind of just say, you know, well, <laughs> I'm in a terrible relationship, but I'm going to just try to see if we make it through the winter. I'm going to stick it out. You know, it's lonely in the winter time, you know, right, then you right, have, you right. know, seasonal depression and everything like that. But once the spring comes, Mm-hmm. You know, you make I'm it pass. Then you, yeah, then you, yeah. then you start rethinking. Like, do I need to be with him? Do I need I to be with her? Selection. <laughs> I've been no. in the gym all winter. I kind of look good right now. Look, look, and I've been dealing with this I, shit for too long. You know, yeah. you exfoliate. <laughs> I, I, I've been, I just got some new stuff. I'm gonna try tonight too. Right. Um, right. But no, I, I think the growth part is. A totality and I'm glad that you yeah. spoke so you know so deeply on just you know it being the full range and also being right. so so you know humble enough to say that like this is a point that I feel like I just got to and I think that's right. key because I feel like so many people believe that we all especially when our 20s we we mm-hmm. truly rush the fuck out of ourselves when it yep. comes to just where we feel like we need to be because We've, we've seen, so high, man. and it's because we get the examples, you know. Right. And, we, and there's right. too many examples of people who are done certain things, and we mm-hmm. kind of quantify that to be. So that means I must not be doing enough. Mm-hmm. I must not right. be doing that. And this is the third. But the thing that we realize, and the thing that's humbled me a lot. Mm-hmm. So once I get to know these people who have made these quote unquote big breaks and all these different mm-hmm. things. Either mm-hmm. I find out that they put a lot of work in to get where oh, they are, word. and I just didn't what? see that. All I seen was what they showed me. It's a highlight reel, and that's the that's the thing about you know if you're able to see it, you are trust me, you are not seeing the whole thing. You see it's what I'm saying? It's a Titanic effect. It's that iceberg situation. Whatever you're able to see, you're not able to actually see the ninety-five percent of the doubt, the the no's. You just seen that one yes one behind ten thousand no's. Yeah. And that nose could have started with conception. You know, mm. and it's it's odd because I think sometimes we glorify our people's other people's yeses. We glorify people's, you know, vision of their lives. I had to take a break from, you know, social media for a little bit because I found myself comparing myself and comparing numbers and logistics and trying to figure out how to be this and that and more of this and more of that only for me to realize that I have a lot more work to do and I'm spending that time that I have to do the work on looking at someone else's work Exactly. and I couldn't you know I couldn't focus and I couldn't you know I couldn't allow myself to actually give myself even credit because I'm comparing my own level of success. And there's so many people who are like, I'm so proud of you. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'm just like, you don't actually really know, because, like, you really don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a lot more for me, and there's a lot more that you will eventually see. But even then, like, there's, there's still more work to be done. And we only see people's highlight reels. And to kind of put that over, you know, your own personal goals and stuff like that, it it becomes toxic. Yeah. That cre- that that creates a level of grime in your in your creative process. You know, it just kind of causes a rift between your instinct um, and your and and your ambitions. 
because your instincts is something that is natural born, but when your ambitions are not tuned to your instincts and tuned to the influences of other people, it no longer becomes your ambitions, but becomes the ambitions of others. Mm. And you become a working mule for other people's ambitions for your life. Exactly. And so sharpening my own instincts was very important. And so because I had to sharpen my own instinct and I realized that to be an issue, I had to kind of separate myself from the influences of others momentarily. <laughs> but for the sure, had to, I definitely had to separate and say, hey, I'll see you. I'll see you in the summertime. I'll see you, see you in the wintertime. And see how that works out. Yeah, yeah, and I think we we must do these things. We must talk about these things, you know. And I, sure. I've, I've been a, always been a big proponent of being, you know, this type of deep because I feel like so often we we avoid these conversations. You don't know how many moments I've had where I start to, you know, kind of introduce a concept like this into the room, and folks, you know, pull their phone out. They, you mm-hmm. know kind of tune out, start putting guards up, start, you know, kind of talking as much, you know, but allow uh, for us to talk about someone else's life, a celebrity or something like that. We got a lot to say. We'll we'll damn near fight over the opinion, (laughs) you know, of an opinion of somebody that we don't even know personally. Right, right. But once we kind of get into those spaces where we, you know, this, it's not like I'm bringing this shit out of my ass. It's like, this felt like a great moment to kind of bring in, what do y'all think about this? What do y'all mm-hmm, think about mm-hmm. that? I want to know. This is something I spent on my mind. And I'm trying to figure this mm-hmm. out. What do y'all do? Right. And it's interesting right. that we run from those types of conversations, but in the in the same breath, still kind of run to those things. You know, people mm-hmm. that create these kind of secret, like, "Hey, look, hey, I heard you be, you know, you know, meditating. Or, I heard you do this. I do heard you do that. <laughs> why? Why you do that? What right. they do for you? Right. You right. know, right. and um, and it people who know they need to, you know, look at themselves and, and are drawing, are, are trying to run away from themselves but keep having to face everything that they are, mm-hmm. they're going to always find a way to it. They're going to figure it out. They're going to figure out they need to stop running from everything that it makes them them. And, look, and, it took us 400 years to get under, like, get away from the Willie Lynch um, letters and and those, those like, those certain guidelines for ourselves only for us to realize that there are things that have been, you know, linked to us that you Mm -hmm. couldn't take away from us. And it just required, it just kind of required us to see other people do it and it worked for them for us to even try it for ourselves. You know, like certain things that have been going on, certain things that were even stolen from us, we've watched people do and flourish from it. And then we, because we were taught certain different things to remove ourselves from it, we, you know, we kind of, we blocked ourselves from it. But now we can see other people do it, or we can see our fellow people do it. And we see now it's not only working for the other people, but it's working for us as well. It's working mm-hmm. for our own clarity. It's working for our own benefit. You know, I think it's information. Information is always a good thing, but making sure that you can utilize it is a, and even test it for yourself. You know, some things may not work for you, but you won't know unless you've tried it. You know, or sometimes you won't know unless you you, you decide that you don't want to know. Exactly. There's a lot of people who don't want to know stuff, which it's is true. okay too. 
Oh, I, I, oh my God, Aisha! I think you said <laughs> all the things, all the things, and we definitely gotta do this again because yes, I, I, I already sure. feel the vibe that me and you will definitely like talk on forever about so for many sure. different things, and we're gonna take this into a place where people are like, maybe we just need to just like uh, hang up these headphones and just let them continue to have this conversation. Right. <laughs> Check back in That's later. Um, yes. <laughs> but no, I would I would love before I let you go for you to give you know just briefly tell people everything that you do, everything that you're into, any way that they can support you and keep following you. Please yes. let them know, please. All right. Well, um, before I even do that, I appreciate you for even putting me on a platform like this. This is really. It's, I'm grateful for people, you know, achieving things that they've had in their heart to do. Um, I appreciate so that. You can, appreciate you. Good. <laughs> you can find me at um, on Instagram. Um, she knew nothing, and it's spelled like that. <laughs> she knew nothing, and um, S K N Deep. Well, underscore S K N Deep, um, and that's my podcast. You can find me on Anchor. You can also find me on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. Um, you can support me there. Um, I love to write. I am a poet. I had to take some years to admit that, but I am a poet. Um, I am a future um, film director. I love, love, love narrating stories. I think stories are important. Um, I'm an art curator. <laughs> um, I do love music. I love to sing. I love to songwrite. And I love to create, like I said, stories in different venues and spaces. Um, and I am definitely, in, in inshallah, I definitely will become um, a counselor. But for now, I'm a street counselor being a hairstylist. So I get to hear the stories of different types of people and, and learn from different types of women and, um, and you know, and curate my own type of growth process and share those growth processes with other people. It's not only limited to women, but if men listen, you get some nuggets too. I appreciate it. Oh, yes. But, um, yes, good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a strong policy of... I have a strong policy of men being inspired by women because I think it doesn't happen often enough. I think yeah. uh, what you hear a lot in the news is you know, oh, just in society. It's like, you know, there isn't nobody for, you know, these young boys look up to these days. And it's kind of like, exactly. I mean, it's a lot of women doing things, though. Right, right, you know, right. It's a, right. Lot of, it's a lot of great women doing things. And I think we have to find that inspiration in people that are a part of us you know when right. when a man does something he just did something for the community when a right. woman does something damn look at her do something for herself making something right. for herself you know? right, right. but that's just no, but, we it's an exchange. It, it, but it's it, it an needs exchange. to be an exchange because we have to see each other as not only equals but also the, the, you are you are my sister. You are my inspiration as well. You know, and if, and if, and if you if you were driven by you know the the men who you were influenced by as well mm -hmm. as the women, then I should mm -hmm. be be able to do the same and tell all of my brothers to do the same as well. If you want to be you know whatever, and you feel mm -hmm. like you can't think of no man doing that, well, I'm gonna tell mm -hmm. you three women that are that you already know the names of, but you're not seeing them in that right. Way. 
Right. But that's, mm. you know, I don't want to get on a, on a, that's on a whole nother, there. Oh, yeah, I don't want to get on right. a whole another soapbox. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to close the show. But no, um, I appreciate you, Aisha. And, um, I appreciate you, Aisha. And I truly, truly, truly think that what you're doing and all the things that you, you know, that you're coming in kind of with the people that you're doing, you know, having these conversations with and for you to be a part of this, you know, medium, I, you know, I yeah. welcome you. It's one that's a beautiful one just to be able to use your voice and say what you need to say. People, somebody yeah. needs to hear it, even if it's just that one person who needs to hear it. That was okay. the reason why you need to make that episode. So keep doing what you're doing and putting out the work that you're putting out. Um, yeah, I appreciate you. You'll Thank see you. all of her info right on the description of this episode. So make sure you follow, follow, support, Yay. subscribe, book. <laughs> And get into yeah. it, you feel me? Um, get into it. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, now you know you can listen to the Simply King podcast everywhere podcasts are available from Apple Podcasts to SoundCloud to Stitcher uh, to the TuneIn Radio app. I'm also part of a directory called Podcast in Color. And I'm also part of a collective here in Chicago called the Second Wind Collective. Shout out to my man, Dan. I appreciate everyone who's been listening. I appreciate all the support I've been getting lately. Um, I'm still I'm still working on several things to bring to you guys for this year. I got a lot of crazy cool shit planned, and I'm glad y'all here for the ride. You know, even doper conversations, even more dope, just more and more dope people coming onto the platform, and I love yeah. it, love it, love it. I appreciate y'all for the ride. I appreciate y'all for all the support. <laughs> Uh, you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans, Simply Being Humans. I'm Rodney Perry, also known as King, and this is Simply King. Talk to y'all. Love y'all. Baby, be big boots, your coattails. Be translucent on that FaceTime. I can't pick up phone calls, cause you don't answer landlines in real time.